Give the secret handshake. Check your cloaks. And remove your tinfoil hats. This is the Illuminati Social Club. The podcast you don't want they to know about. This is bullshit. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the In Search of series here on the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. Joining me from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Doc Pinko, Steve Cloutier. What up? Hey, not too much. And from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Oliver Oxide. Hello, all. How's everybody? Excellent. This week, we are discussing uh, Season 6, Episode 18. Yes, that's right, folks. We're winding down here. The Missing Link. Um, now, I cheated. Uh, I actually watched this episode before actually taking notes. It's less uh it's less about the missing link and more about missing brains. Uh but more on more on that later. Um Oliver, what were your impressions of this episode? Oh my god. Well, the last episode you hit your head against the microphone four times. I won't do that. I'll just let the listener imagine it. There's no missing link to begin with. So you could just the episode itself is ridiculous. I was trying to figure out where they were going. Oh God! And then, and then, and then we arrived, and I'm like, talk about eye roll. Oh, talk about talk about anger management issues. Um, <laughs> I really got to talk to someone about this. Um, Steve, what were your impressions? Well, at least we have a couple of real scientists in it. Yes, we do. Yes. I mean, you know, we, we, we do. It, it, it's not like the last episode where there was like no science at all. <laughs> really, trust, there trust wasn't? Steve, trust Steve to be glass half full. Who does <laughs> to you? Uh, so. All right. Well, let's hear. Let's hear from Leonard. Only in the last 100 years has the human race begun to ask the question, were we always human? It was not until 1973 when an anthropologist happened to look down at the crumbling soil of Ethiopia that we achieved a new look at our past. A single broken bone can sometimes be a time machine. Did it transport us to a moment when the link between man and ape walked the earth? Okay. Uh, number one, humans are apes. Um, and uh, Lucy, who we'll, we will be introduced to Lucy here soon, but it's uh, Australopithecus afarensis. Yes, I pronounced that right the first time. Uh, is an early ancestor of modern humans. Um, we are introduced to Lucy's discoverer, uh, Dr. Don Johansson, uh, who is the leader of the American team of paleontologists and also, at the time of his discovery, was with the Cleveland Museum of Natural History. So, you know, local uh, 
local connection here. So, uh, anyone, anyone have anything to say at this point? Because, uh, yeah, things go off the rails here pretty soon. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> uh, well, you know, as as we always say, all good things come out of the cleave. Oh yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, I'm gonna reserve because I'm I'm just saving up till the end. To be quite <laughs> frank with you, because. Yeah. Uh, so, Steve, anything? Um, I do have one thing, but I, I might save that for later. Okay. So, next clip. Uh, we have a little, uh, little, something a little dark here, but, uh. That evening, Johansson and one of his graduate students snuck outside of camp to a nearby Afar burial mound. Johansson kept insisting he had to find a human femur for comparison. The student was worried. The Afar zealously guard their ancestral mounds. If the anthropologists were caught robbing graves, they might be shot. Or worse. Luckily, inside the mound was a modern femur. Except for size, the bones were almost exactly the same. They respectfully replace the femur. From the knee joint alone, Johansson suspected the unknown creature walked upright. His subsequent discoveries were to revolutionize our beliefs of when the first human walked the earth. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'm pretty sure on the application for the grad student, it didn't say anything about grave robbing. <laughs> you know what made me laugh about this? I would think that if you are into archaeology, that patience is, what, is something that you must have to be a successful archaeologist. Mm-hmm. But this dingbat decides to go to the Walmart at 3 a.m. in Ethiopia to find a knee bone. It's like, <laughs> chill, buddy. Hey, he's he's dedicated. the The problem is the problem is uh, femurs just don't grow on trees. <laughs> um, and and it's really hard to get a living person to give one up. You know, you know. Couldn't they have just gotten an an X-ray? Wouldn't that have done the trick? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. You want a direct comparison. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, Lucy was a huge find. I think uh, Artie, uh, A-R-D-I. Uh, oh, I can't remember the full name of Artie now. But uh, I think that was a bigger find. Uh, look it up. Uh, but, okay, so what happened was uh, he discovered uh, the what he, what he called Lucy. Uh, it was a female... Uh, hominin not hominid like we are um but notice that the uh where where the joints came together it was more it was more human than it was uh uh chimpanzee which led him to realize that this might be a transition between uh and I'm gonna say apes, you know, sci- you know, for 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 the sake of simplicity, uh, and in science, when scientists talking to lay people say apes, um, they're talking about non-human uh, primates. Um, so it, it looked like it was somewhere between uh, human and ape. 
Um, and so he was looking for a human femur to compare it to. So, you know, for, I mean, if he was, you know, if he was in his lab in, in Cleveland, uh, he probably has all the femurs he wants. You know, he's probably got a, he's probably got binders full of femurs. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that is dark. <laughs> um, but yeah, he did a quick comparison and realized that, hey, wow, look, it's kind of angled in a way that, you know, it's an upright walking, uh, not quite human. Um, by the way, Lucy was named for the Beatles song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, since it played on repeat during the first day of excavation. I have no idea why. Maybe he was a fan of the Beatles. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lucy is a transitional fossil. Um, and now let's see. Uh, then they go through a reenactment, which is purely speculative. I mean, seriously speculative. Mm. It's interesting. Um, Johansson then a year later found a complete family of the same uh, species. Uh, however, some scientists felt it was three different species. Uh, and I'm too lazy to look up whether it was or not. So, Sorry. You have to look that up yourself. Homework for for our listeners. Anyone have anything to add before uh, this this train slips off and goes into areas that I wish we didn't have to go into? Well, I I, li- I like the way that uh, the show tried to cover itself because uh, mm-hmm. when they when they, when they're talking about the fact that some scientists thinks it's it's a th- three species they took time to say some scientists think that they're human some scientists think that they're totally ape some scientists think the things something in between it's like okay you got it all covered there right uh, oh yeah like, okay oh, can, we, can we put can we, can we put this to bed right now okay an ape is a subspecies a human is a subspecies Mm-hmm. Of mammals, mm-hmm. there is no missing link <laughs> no. because we're all mammals. Okay, mm-hmm. what what they're so, and, and it is kind of uh, you know what they're talking about is defining a lineage from where uh, chimpanzees and humans split. I understand that. Well, so the, they evolve. They yes, evolve. The, the common, right? the common ancestor of humans and chimpanzees is, um, what they're looking at. You know, that that's what that's what they're looking for. And there, there I, turns out not, to be an evolutionary lineage. You know, yes. I'm not. I'm not arguing with you, Jason. Right. I'm, ar- I'm arguing with the colloquial term mm. "missing link" because right. there's no such thing. Yeah, that's kind we, of that. That was an old, you know. That yeah, it was this very is very old, much. Yeah. This is very much of yeah. its time. Well, yeah, well, wait for it. <laughs> uh, we we are half a chrome. Even today, we are half a chromosome away from a chimpanzee. Thank you, twenty-one and me, or whatever it's called. Twenty-three and me. Twenty-three and me. Um, so we are we are just an evolved 
species. Like this was the argument that religious people used to give me. Well, find me someone, so, find me something right now that's between a chimp and a human because it should be going on all the time. It's not how it works. We are related to chimpanzees. Mm-hmm. Okay, people. We are not. We are not. One day a chimpanzee didn't turn into a human. That's not how it no. works. <laughs> no. Okay, so let's get the party started here. Oh, good. If the theory of natural evolution is correct, then the Earth must be very old. What scientists call the geologic column is layer after layer of rocks built up over time. A slice through this birthday cake would expose four billion years of slow change. Human bones would be found only in the very top, and dinosaur bones only in the middle. Today, most scientists would agree. Most, but not all. A growing number of scientists who call themselves creationists interpret these strata very differently. They believe the world and man were created about 10,000 years ago, and most of these rock layers were deposited during Noah's flood. It's hard to imagine a more controversial split today in the ranks of science. Uh, Number one, it is not controversial. Um, It is a very small percentage of scientists. I'm using air quotes. Um... A very small percentage of creationists possess a degree relative to the uh, to fields uh, pertaining to what they're comment, commenting on. Um, a lot of them, a lot of these creationists are lawyers, um, dentists, you know, people who don't have biological or paleontol- paleontological uh, background. Um, there, there's a couple, but not many at all. Um, there's also no controversy when it comes to evolution. Uh, when it comes to science, 99%, 99.99% of, of uh, biological and... Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the, the exact term, but like... Uh, well, paleontology paleontology, biology, uh, anthropology, geology, they all agree that the Earth is really, really old and that evolution happens. Uh, yes. Can we – where do I begin with this? Uh, let's start with the 10,000 years, shall we? <laughs> yes. Which miraculously in the last 40 years has now gotten shortened to 6,000. Yes. Um, and the fact that so there is a – get- there, there are trees that are more than twenty thousand years old. How does that? Richard, Daw- Richard Dawkins, who is an evolutionary biologist, mm-hmm. uh, says that humans have been around for about two hundred fifty years. Two hundred fifty thousand Col- years. That's what I said. It wasn't two hundred. No, you, you said two hundred fifty years. Oh, no, sorry, two hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> uh, boy, that's a real young earther. Um, uh, Francis Collins who uh, is the in charge of the National Institute of Health, um, and, by the way, is an evangelical Christian, mm-hmm. uh, says 100,000. So, you know, pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's problem number one right there. 
Um, these types like Ken Ham and Kent Hovind, uh, he's a real treat if you've never heard of Kent mm. Hovind. Um, oh, since he got out of jail. Uh, oh, yeah. He's a real. <laughs> tax evasion, yeah. Um, uh, I will say that one thing, if you watch Ken Ham's TV show, he has a YouTube channel. Oh, God. Uh, the He does have a woman on there who has her, her doctorate in biology mm-hmm. from Ohio State University. Oh, I know who you're talking about. That should be revoked. Oh yeah, sweet people. Um, so there, are, there are some people who have kind of been led down this path, but I'm sure we're going to have more discussion about that very, very soon. <sighs> so here we go. Now we're going to be introduced to the ICR, the Institute for Creation Research. There's an oxymoron if I ever heard one. The Creation Research Society now claims 700 PhDs and Masters of Science. John Morris is one of their experts in geology. I feel that humans lived throughout the entire geologic column and that the geologic column could very well have been, and in fact I, I feel was, laid down by, by a single major hydraulic catastrophe. Dr. Morris was principal investigator on one of the most amazing bits of creationist evidence ever found, the footprints in the Paluxy River in Texas. It was about the turn of the century, 1908, something like that, when there was a major flood on the Paluxy River. And the people then began to see markings in the, in the rock that they had never seen before and, and didn't understand. They were these huge prints of, of these bird-like Creatures with three toes, things of this nature, and soon people figured out there were dinosaur footprints, and it was an amazing find. Discovery of the dinosaur prints attracted many scientists to this rural area. Some of the huge tracks were removed to various universities, and some were sold on the black market. Today, the area is incorporated into Dinosaur State Park to protect the remaining tracks. Okay, so... I believe the tracks are real. Um, however, the ones that, uh, so apparently they believe that there are human footprints with those tracks. Uh, some of them, uh, in, in reading, uh, it's just simply those dinosaur tracks have, uh, eroded away over time, creating what kinda looks like a human footprint. You know, just kind of receded back. Uh, and in other cases, uh, human-like footprints were carved into the stone along with it and aged using various techniques to make them look older than they are. But uh, can we go back to John Morris here? Oh, uh, please. He ha- yes, he has a, deg- a Ph.D. in geological engineering, uh, but his weight in the institute comes from uh, something else. You know, his 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 stature uh, comes from the fact that uh, his daddy was Henry Morris, who founded the 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 uh, institute. So yeah, he didn't get the yeah he got there through nepotism. So. Um, at this point, should we mention the Burgess Shale? What's Anyone? that? Should we mention the Burgess Shale at this particular point? Uh, you may. 
the Burgess Shale is in Alberta, and this is, uh, I believe it's Steven Pinker who did a, the uh, uh, definitive work on this, uh, where half a mountain just shore away. So you could see actually the steps oh, yeah. of evolution in the mountain. Mm-hmm. Now I can't remember when this happened. I don't. I can't remember if it was post 1981 or pre, but that gave us the best look into evolution that we've that we've had right. from that point of view. So this guy talking about one single hydraulic event. No, <laughs> obviously, obviously he's talking about Noah's flood. Yes, um, of course. It's like. Oh, what a dingbat. Um, and also, what is with creationists using the term evidences? You know, pluralizing the word evidence. No, evidence is its own plural. If you have, you, you have five pieces of evidence, you don't have five evidences. Uh, and then they go into the creation story, which, uh, yawn. Well, the thing is, the, the way they, they present it is, it's almost like there are like two sides. There are there's creationism and there's the scientists. But even within creationism, there's oh, yeah. a lot of disagreement. Like yeah. not everybody agree. Even even creationists, not all creationists agree with John Morris. No. So it's it's like the argument within creationism is a lot more complex than they even get give it credit for. Yeah, the Catholic Church, for instance, doesn't believe or doesn't no. believe in the young Earth theory. No, no not exactly. at all. No. That uh, for for the record, uh, I I was raised Catholic. Um, the Catholic Church most it mainly believes that God started the Big Bang, and that's it. You know, from there, you know, science took over. Yeah, that's it. That you know that that's and. I could accept that. You know, I, I could accept people believing that fine. You know, yeah, we don't know what happened before the Big Bang. So, you know, I mean, I, I prefer not knowing uh, to to quote uh, Dr. Richard Feynman. Uh, you know, I can live with doubt. Um, there are old earth creationists who believe that all this stuff started millions of years ago. And, but, you know took the same order as young earth creationists, but it took a lot longer. Uh, there are, what are there, there are young earth creationists who believe that the earth is 12,000 years old. Some who believe it's 10,000 years old. And some believe, uh, that it was started on October 4th, 4,000 or no, October 23rd, 4,004 BCE at, uh, 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 uh 6 PM. Those are the most ridiculous ones. <sighs> so now, now we meet another one of my, uh, the banes of my existence. <laughs> Dr. Dwayne Gish, a biochemist, has written that man did not evolve, that fossils such as Neanderthal and Lucy are misinterpretations of deformed humans or extinct apes. I believe that these creatures, such as the Australopithecines, were apes, not intermediate, and they were certainly not men. The primates make up one of the 32 orders of mammals, and as George Gaylord Simpson, one of the world's leading evolutionists, has stated, every one of these 32 orders of mammals have appeared 
with their distinct ordinal characteristics already complete. In other words, from the very start, when the first time you see a bat, it's a bat. A whale is a whale, a primate is a primate, and a hoofed animal is a hoofed animal. And there are no transitional forms, no intermediate going back to their supposed uh, uh, ancestral order. Dwayne Gish is a grifter. We've had a lot of grifters in these last two episodes. Uh, He's just trying to sell the wares of the ICR to to the government to put in schools. Um, He's not an evolutionary scientist, but a biomedical scientist. Uh, he's famous. His claim to fame is his debate tactic because he loves to debate evolutionists and he uses a technique wherein he will rapid fire questions at at a debate opponent. And then after he's rattled off a dozen or so questions, if his opponent can't answer even... Like if his opponent misses one of the questions, then he declares victory. Uh, this technique is known as the Gish Gallop. Um, he also uh, another another little claim to fame among uh, evolution uh, evolutionary scientists is he was given a skull. You know, he was shown a skull and asked if it was, uh, you know, was it human or was it a non-human ape and he said it was definitely not non-human ape about six months later somebody else showed him the same skull and he said that it was definitely human so Dwayne Gish has no idea what he's talking about uh, anyone have anything else to add while I, uh, while I cue something up here? Well, I'd just like to say that in, in the bit before doing Gish, um, Leonard says that evolutionists, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, these, this is not his actual words, but that, that evolution, evolutionists believe in blind chance. It's like, that's not quite how evolution works. No. It's not blind chance. It's like, you know, um, you know, that's not how evolution works, right? Uh, no, you know. no, it doesn't. It's, yeah, it's, it's guided, you know, it's guided by nature. It's guided by necessity. Exactly. All right. So, unfortunately, if I were, because, because I can't really pause clips uh, in, on my soundboard, we're going to have to go through the end of this uh, piece by piece. It's about five minutes of <laughs> of footage. So, the, yeah, the final clip is a long clip, but you know, I'm going to pause it here and there. Uh, if either of you have anything to add, just raise your hand. Controversy. A controversy which is often very heated. Well, I think that the only place that we have definitive evidence for humans and dinosaurs existing together is in cartoons. <laughs> and essentially what we're looking at probably is somebody's attempt to pull a joke on scientists. Science, by their definition, is the attempt to explain everything without a supernatural. Now, to me, that is 
uh, that is incompatible with, with science as it calls itself a search for truth, because if there is truth outside the naturalistic scheme of things, then any attempt to explain things without a supernatural element is doomed to failure. And I feel that much of evolution scientist, science is, is doomed to failure because of that very assumption. So, um, uh, science is not the search for truth. It is the investigation into the natural world. It has nothing to say about the supernatural. It has no comment on it because supernatural forces cannot be tested. In other words, supernatural forces, repeat after me, are not even wrong. They can't be tested. They can't be falsified. Science is a falsifiable process. You can falsify evolution real easy. All you have to do is find, uh, find, find fossil bunnies in the Precambrian, and you have completely eradicated evolution. I did appreciate the Flintstones poll, though. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> that was good. I enjoyed that. Um, no, for him to say that, that nothing works without a supernatural uh, uh, event, that, again, it was very well put, Jason. That's not what science does. Um, and that, also, how do, you, that's, how do you know what a supernatural event is? Well, exactly. That's, I'm, you cannot define the supernatural in the natural world. <laughs> yeah, I believe it was David Hume. Correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, on this one. But uh, uh, David Hume said something about the supernatural only seems to uh, end up being in your favor. Like when yeah. the suspension of the natural world, the suspension of the natural world always ends up in your favor. <laughs> that's you're under a misapprehension. You're not, there's nothing supernatural there. Uh, are we ready for the next volley? Can I just say that that's a nice David Hume poll? You don't often get a reference to David Hume, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. It may be that those human footprints that are there, I've not seen them, were simply carved in the same rock levels in which you found dinosaur footprints. Right. These have never been published in the scientific literature, and science scientists have never been invited to critically examine the footprints no, we until would welcome, that happens. We would welcome an opportunity to, to go and look at these footprints and to uh, investigate them personally. Most of the... Go ahead. So basically the footprints are the Jesus on the grilled cheese. Exactly. Yes. It's what people think they, they mean, but no scientist has been allowed to get anywhere near the grilled cheese. Pretty much. Okay. It's actually uh, Mary on the grilled cheese. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, that's at the Golden Palace Casino in uh, somewhere in uh, the tropics. Such a good Catholic there. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm not. All right. All right. Now let's listen to Dingus over here. The journals that publish scientific literature are committed to an evolutionary position, an evolutionary framework. And articles that would be um, antagonistic toward that viewpoint would, be, um, would seldom be approved for publication. On many occasions, creationists have written to uh, journals to, uh, to publish articles or even letter to, letters to the editor, that sort of thing, and, and very, very seldom are, are they published. 
Um, no. Science is not predisposed to evolution. It's just that evolution has such a preponderance of evidence that it is really almost impossible to disprove anymore because there's so much evidence for it. But but there's more. There's more. Sorry, Jason. But if there is, if evidence were to come to light that would turn evolution on its head, science is listening. They want to know. And that's that's a very salient point. But there's more. There's more in this statement than that. He's. This is something that these people love doing is playing the victim. Oh yes. Now I, I, I grant being martyr is baked into the cake of their religion. I get it. Right. Mm-hmm. But come on people. Nobody listens to you because you have no scientific proof to back up anything. Exactly. Not one thing. And to go on your point, Jason, one of the things that science does very well, which none of these dopelets will ever do is say when they're wrong. Exactly. We're going to hear we're going to hear a little instance a little later on mm-hmm. about a tooth mm-hmm. where science said we were wrong. You will never hear one of you will never oh. hear one of these guys say that they're wrong. I I I I will even contend that science didn't even have to say they were wrong. But we'll get into it. Well, this, this is this, people this, say. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say this is the second week that we, we've seen we've seen a logical fallacy because last week we we saw the false analogy with the human aura with the the Jesus powers, mm-hmm. um, and here what we what we get and it's sort of following what what Oliver was saying it's it's the ad hominem fallacy, mm-hmm. right? It's it's arguing it, it's attacking the person rather than uh, the ideas, right? And we often think that that ad hominem is like verbally attacking them like saying you're a jerk but what he's basically saying here is he's he hasn't attacked the ideas that people have put forward he's attacked the people themselves by saying well they won't let us do it It has nothing to do with evidence it's the fact that they were mean to me Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't publish my thing right that's a hominem fallacy all right ready to move on yes sorry i interrupted you oh no problem this discontinuity between the family of man and the family of apes. But if we look at extant forms, living forms today, and we study the anatomy, we study the biochemistry, we study the blood, we study the actual DNA sequences, we find out that there is a lot of overlap between apes and humans. And obviously, somewhere in the past, they shared a common ancestor. Now, the similarities in the proteins, of course, are not startling. We would predict that on the basis of creation, Because we are living in the same world, we are drinking the same water, eating the same food, breathing the same air, we have exactly the same metabolic problems. We believe God, the Creator, then having solved these problems, would have essentially used the same solution in each case. But the distinguishing features between man and chimpanzees are really startling. Of course, he has a brain about one-third of ours, and and the many other characteristics of chimpanzee tremendously different than man. He has no ability to speak, he does not think abstractly, does not think into the future, does not think about the past. Very, very different from man. He is indeed an animal. We are human. Okay, one of the things that modern creationists are trying to do 
is to masquerade under a banner called scientific creationism and act as though they are actually scientists working within the scientific forum. This is not true. In fact, what these people have are a set of beliefs, usually based on the chapter of Genesis in the Bible. And instead of testing their propositions and trying to answer questions, they already have the answers, and they're not asking any questions. There's no... Exactly. Um, and going uh, first of all, I, I like to think that you know while while Gish was talking, I like to, I like to think that that chimpanzee was laughing at him. <laughs> um, yeah, and again, again, we have we have the markers of evolution all over our body. Oh, yeah. We have wis we have wisdom teeth mm-hmm. uh, from a previous time. We have an appendix mm-hmm. that was used when we were all vegetarians to to process food. We mm-hmm. have. Uh, frontal lobes that are too small and and adrenaline glands that are too big. We we have we have all the markers of evolution in our bodies today. We have the coccyx. Yeah, uh, we have. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we have. Uh, so yeah, our uh, chimpanzee's bra- uh, chimpanzee's brain is a third the size of ours, of course. Chimpanzees are about a third the size of us. Yeah. Um, on top of that, they they don't have the ability to think abstractly or you know uh, or or speak, but they're also incredibly strong, much stronger than we are. We kind of gave up strength when we evolved larger brains and the ability to think and the ability to speak, and also for mobility from mobility. Yes. Too. We, we we had to move we had to that's where I think the one thing that this episode gets right is that you know that area of Africa is generally the idea of where we started mm-hmm. uh, Ethiopia Sudan uh, uh, Zimbabwe Mozambique all around that area right Steve anything to add yeah because you know because I teach literature and writing, so my, my specialty is sort of analyzing the way people make arguments. And essentially the argument that Gish makes is evolution are, is wrong because look at chimps. They're different than us. Hmm. That's, that's essentially what his argument is. And it's like, but sci- scientists aren't saying that we're the same as chimps. No. <laughs> no. They're saying just, that they're just, we have similarities – Two we are related to them, yes, and that—that's another fallacy. That's a straw man fallacy yes. by by saying your opponent is saying one thing when that your opponent is really saying something else. <sighs> so let's try to wrap this up here pretty soon. Way that we can construct testable scientific theories about origins, evolution is no more scientific than creation, and it certainly as religious. It is a basic dogma of humanism, atheism, agnosticism, and things of that nature. No, it isn't. No. There are plenty of... There there are a lot of Christian... uh, Let me me put the pause in the right place. There are plenty of Christian scientists... Uh, scientists who are Christian, not Christian science. Uh, it, uh, 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 there are plenty, uh, I'm try- ah, God, his name just escaped me. Um, 
But uh, oh, Kenneth Miller. He uh, and he was a. Uh, if you ever get a chance, anyone, uh, look up Kitz Miller versus Dover. It's a. Uh, basically, it was uh, intelligent design on trial in Pennsylvania. And With a Republican judge, I might add. Yes, a a George W. Bush appointed federal judge, and they they lost the case. Uh, the creationism did. And just to be clear, they didn't lose the case because of their argument. They lost the case because it's against the U.S. Constitution yes. to teach for their First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even still, I think he said this is garbage. Yes. And 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 it is. And this is the difference. When I, I am a I am I loathe dogma of any kind over anything. Mm-hmm. And when this idiot says that this is a dogma of all of these people, it is not. And I can tell you an exact example. If I'm at the World Cup in 2022 and Jesus decides to descend during England versus Portugal, I'm going to believe <laughs> I'm going to believe that he exists. Now, there's there's another question: Am I going to worship him? And that would be no. But am I going to say that he exists? Yes. Because I because he's been scientifically proven to be put in front of me, right? Okay. Now, if that same scenario, if this guy is at that same game and Buddha came down, he'd say it's a trick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the difference. Oh yeah, right. Absolutely. All right. Now, now we learn about. Uh, I, it looks like we're going into schools now. Here, the debate has moved from the laboratory to the classroom to the courtroom. It was once thought settled. It probably never will be. Yes, it will be. Those scientists who espouse evolution and those who believe in creation will probably never close the gap. Hopefully, they can agree on one point. Science needs healthy skepticism. And we shouldn't forget the famous Nebraska man, based upon a single tooth found in western Nebraska in 1922. Some of the world's greatest authorities were very excited by this discovery, and they were convinced it was part of a primitive uh, subhuman ancestor of man. And the Illustrated London News uh, had their artist draw a picture of this creature. It turned out to be very manlike. showed a picture of the man, his wife, and the tools that they were using based upon this single tooth. However, a few years later, they discovered the skeleton of this creature, the remainder of the skeleton, and it turned out to be neither a man-like ape nor an ape-like man. It turned out to be a pig. Now, again, the startling thing is that uh, great authorities had mistaken a pig's tooth for an evolutionary form of man. Now, they were honest scientists. They were very good scientists and very careful scientists. What had happened? You see, this is what they had wanted to find, this is what they had expected to find, and therefore this is what they tended to see. I'm going to stop them. <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is a farmer found the tooth. A not very good scientist identified it as a human tooth. The Illustrated Times of London is not a scientific journal. It is a popular press basically almost a tabloid and the scientific community as a whole 
wasn't <laughs> even rattled by it. They just said, eh, we'll, we'll look at it. And they knew what it was. It was not, you know, they knew it wasn't a human tooth. It looked um, primarily because of the wear patterns on it. So, and by the way, this was all known by 1950. So, not only is Dwayne Gish telling a false story, he is knowingly sharing a false story. Therefore, Dwayne Gish is a lying sack of excrement. All right. He was he was the proto Ken Ham. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The search for the missing links of our origin will continue. Perhaps we really hope to find our destiny. So yeah, that's it. I don't want to go into the ending music, but um, why is it our des- Why is it our destiny? This I have no idea. I, 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 I'm misunderstanding that word. I think. I mean, we study what we you know we're studying our our origins. That's all. Yeah, that that's biology. That's that's evolutionary science. There you go. <sighs> so we're at the end, finally. Anyone have anything to add? Oliver? Just how nothing changes in 40 years. Oh, I know. This debate is still going on. Uh, Steve? Well, two things. Um, one, uh, using the Illustrated London News as scientific is like using the National Enquirer. As scientific. Hey, hey, against, hey. Watch it. Against, what I mean is against <laughs> scientists. Ooh, somebody in the National Enquirer wrote, did, did this drawing, so it proves the scientists mm. wrong. Um, and also, um, I, I forget who it's, it might have even been Leonard himself, says that uh, science needs healthy skepticism. Yes. Uh, which may be true, but this isn't it. No. Uh, creationism is not skepticism. <clears throat> no. Because like, no. uh, like Johansson said, or... I'm sorry, the other... I, I don't know who the other scientist was, but... Uh, Flint, Flintstone's Tim, guy. No, yeah. Tim White. Well, yeah. uh, Tim, Johansson. Tim White. What, Tim White. Um, Tim White. <clears throat> he's the one who said, um, you know, they know their answer already. And, yes. you know, so they're... You know, they just look for... They look for evidence to fit their conclusion instead of looking for evidence to form their conclusion. So there we go. Uh, th- this episode, I I liked it and I didn't because I mean uh, the problem is they put established established science on the same you know you know mm-hmm. on the same footing as creationism. It's a false equivalency. Yes, another another fallacy. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, let's see. Steve, anything to add? Uh, no, you... I have Okay. Oliver, anything to add? Nope. Why don't you tell people where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Oliver Oxide. Steven. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Doc Pinko. You can find me at Alien CG, and you can find this podcast 
at Illuminati Pod. All right. I know it's been 48 minutes. We're done. Have a good week, everyone. Turtles, kids. See ya.